Hello everyone and thanks for listening to another episode of the TIB Playground podcast. In this episode we had Adrian Morris as our guest. Adrian is head coach of the Gladiators basketball organization here in Belgium and has a rather unique story about how he ended up coaching college basketball in the States. We also talk about what exactly Gladiators basketball does and the experience of attending the biggest camp in the US called Hoop Group Elite. We would like to thank Adrian for inviting us. Here is our conversation. So tell me, Adrian, yeah. um, where are you from? So actually, I was born in Romania. Uh, I was adopted when I was uh, six, weeks old, six weeks old, so pretty young. Okay. Um, my parents here are Belgian. Uh, I spent all my childhood in the, in the Ardennes. Okay. So, uh, yeah, and then basketball started to be a passion when I was, let's say, 13 years old. Uh, I started when I was four, actually, but I was terrible. Uh, my parents told me <laughs> I was I was crying after every practice. I didn't want to play, so I started to play uh, soccer, football for yeah. uh, Europeans, and um, <clears throat> I wasn't that good either. And when I was 13, actually, I stopped growing when I was 13. So I was about one meter 90, 90 when I uh, when I was 13, and I got into basketball. Uh, I played in Neuchâtel. Okay. I don't know if you know yeah. the team. Yeah. Uh, I played in Neuchâtel and I started to be pretty good wearing the selection for the uh, for the province de Luxembourg. Okay, yeah. And I was at the Centre de Formation, yeah. you know, the, yeah, yeah. The, the basketball school in Namur. Yeah. Uh, after that, I played in Brussels a little bit and then I wanted to, to play for a national team. I wasn't selected for the, the Belgian one. Uh, I wasn't good enough for Belgian. But... Um, <coughs> uh, The Romanian, uh, I went to the Romanian embassy to see if I still had the, the oh, citizenship, yeah. and actually I did. Uh, so I contacted the Romanian Federation, I told them my situation, and they invited me to a camp uh, in Brasov, in the south of Romania. And there I played I, th I played three games with them. Uh, I was selected for the under-18 uh, national team in 2008 or 9, I don't remember. Uh, but the problem is I had a paper from the embassy saying that I was Romanian, but I didn't have a passport. And I received a letter, like I think a couple of weeks before we had to go to Bosnia for the championship, saying that it wasn't enough to prove that I was Romanian. Oh. So I played only three friend friendly games with the yeah. national team, and then that was it. So yeah. that's that that's was unlucky. Bad. Yeah. Yeah, but it's okay. I mean, after that, I played for a year in Romania. Actually, I played in a team that had uh, two teams: one in the first division, one in the second division. Yeah. And so we had all, I played all games with the second division and uh, <clears throat> I, I, we had practices with the, the first team. Uh, both teams actually won the championship that year. And compared with Belgium, what, what kind of level is Romania? Um, okay, so second division is not that good. So, I mean, it's probably like third, like a sec good second division team in Romania would be like a third division in Belgium. Okay. Uh, first division team, like where I played in Cluj-Napoca, uh, They were pretty good. Like this year, they played uh, Monseno in the European yep. Championship. I went there. I went to see some of the guys still in the staff. So <laughs> that was pretty cool. And they yeah. won actually against Mons in Mons, but Mons oh, okay. went went yeah. to to win over there. So I, so I would say pretty like, good. Yeah. yeah, the top three, four teams probably the same as in Belgium. Yeah. Uh, after that, it's not that good. Yeah. Uh, there is a big gap between the top teams and the lower lower uh, lower level teams. Um, so how how is the The scene in Romania then for professional players is it is it uh, 
good enough to to be a professional player yeah, there? For, I mean, for foreigners it is. Yeah. Uh, for Americans, for there, I know there is some oh, French, yeah. from Serbian, some yeah. some people from uh, other countries. From Romanian, I don't think it's that good uh, because uh, at the time I know some teams were taking advantage of the fact that, well, even if we don't pay you, where do you want to go? Yeah. You know? Americans, it was different. You know, an American, you don't pay for, pay him for a month. They're gone. It, yeah, they're yeah, gone. Yeah. So that was the problem. Americans were getting their salaries. Romanian was like, okay, maybe next week or maybe next month or oh, let, me give you, let me give you half of what you're supposed to get, stuff like that. I think it's a little bit better right now, mm. especially with team like Mobilteco in Romania yeah. uh, where I, I played. Uh, but yeah. And then after that, um, I went to the U.S., Uh, How did you end up in the U.S.? From, uh, well, from Romania to the U.S.? It's yeah. a pretty big step, no? Yeah, exactly. What I How did old were you then? <coughs> uh, I was 19. Yeah. So what I did is, I guess it's... I, I mean, I didn't have a lot of videos like most uh, good players have. So what I did is I sent emails to probably 100 schools. Yeah. I just sent emails and emails and emails. And I didn't get a lot of answers back. So I just took a plane. I went to the U.S. Just took a plane yeah. without knowing where to go. Or so I, I went to Texas because that was one of the only university that would take me. Okay. I mean, would answer me actually. <clears throat> so I went to Texas at Frank Phillips College. Um, I didn't know what to expect, so I went there. Uh, unfortunately, two weeks before I arrived, the, the coach changed. Oh. So I was like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do there. And then the coach, the new coach told me, well, I don't have a place on the roster for you, but if you want, you can be my assistant coach. Oh, okay. I was like, well, that's not really my career plan, but let's do it. Yeah. So I started to be a, they call it a manager, but yeah. it's, not the, it's definitely not the, the way you see a manager here. So basically, uh, normally... For two years, I would have to just like run the clock during practice, yeah. uh, clean the jersey, yeah. give water to the players. And uh, well, actually, the coach was pretty surprised about the fact that I actually was re-involved in the team, not just doing what I was asked to do, but uh -huh. doing actually more than that. Uh -huh. So I started like one day was away and I just took care of practice and I give practice instead of the assistant coach. And he said, well, you're actually doing a good job. So I'm promoting you to student assistant coach. Okay. So I was like, awesome. Let's do this, and then so I started to have actually a real like role in uh, in the teams. Like during uh, games, I was keeping uh, defensive stats. Uh, he was asking me like, "What should we do now about the defense? Should we play zone? Should we play man on man? Mm -hmm. Should we, I mean stuff like that?" And then after a year, um, he fired his assistant coach and he asked me, "Hey, do you want to have the job?" And I'm like, "Of course." Yeah. yeah. So of course. of course, and then <clears throat> I did that. Uh, I played for, uh, sorry, I coached for a year with them, um, but I still wanted to play. Mm -hmm. So I started to do tryouts with uh, NCAA team. Um, didn't went too well because, I mean, I didn't play for two years, yeah. uh, stuff like that. And then I went to Oklahoma Panhandle State University. Uh, there I had the best workout I ever did. Like, I still don't know until today how I did that. For so the coach actually tried me out with two other players for two hours. And after two hours, I, I just gave my best for two hours, and I thought I was done after two hours. And then I just see all the team walking in and say, okay, now open gym. And I'm like, I'm dead. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I, I just, like, 
worked my ass off in defense. And then in offense, I don't know how I did that. I probably never will do it again, but I scored 11 threes. In the I mean, I didn't miss one. I just made 11 threes without missing. And at the end, he said, okay, then you're on the roster. I'm like, okay, yeah. good. Just so like that. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So I had to tell my coach I was done with, yeah. <laughs> with being an assistant coach. And uh, he, he told me, well, uh, it's a good opportunity for you. Of just course, go for yeah. it. But if you're ever like, if you feel like it's not, what you want or if let's say that you could you be cut by the team and stuff like that you just can come back here so the the frank phillips college was like a junior college <coughs> then? yes it was a junior college and the other one where you were able to play was also or N no it was nca nca, so NCA division, division two division two yeah, yeah division two and those actually changed it's nia division one yeah so um yeah <coughs> but the junior college in texas is probably the best in the country Uh, you have many players who were drafted in the NBA from there. Uh, actually, this year, the 55th pick uh, from uh, the Indiana Pacers is Alizia Johnson, who was playing at Frank Phillips College three years ago. Okay. So we have good players there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not a lot of junior college players get to go in the NBA, but Texas always have like very, very good, uh, good players over there. Well, I think it's something that um, it's overlooked most of the time, mm -hmm. like junior college, because... <coughs> Everybody knows NCAA, but yeah. nobody or not a lot of people knows about JUCO then. Exactly. So I think it's also maybe starting to get better now because of the, I don't know if you saw the Netflix series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last Chance. Uh, yeah, last you? Chance. Yeah, when yeah. I, w I watched that a lot, I, I showed that to my <laughs> girlfriend. I said, that's the life I used to have. Yeah, yeah. Like even if it's football, yeah. like the way the players are, like you have to follow them everywhere. You have to make sure that they... They have their uh, homework done. Yeah. They keep in, like, go to class. You have to go knock at the door and say, hey, wake up. You have to go to class, stuff like that. It's so the same. So at Frank's Phillips, that's what's your role, too. Yeah. To exactly. get after the players and to exactly. be sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And this year, uh, the 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 show is in Independence, Kansas. Yeah. And it's actually a team we used to play at. Okay, So cool. that was, I mean, it's pretty cool just yeah, to yeah. see that again. And yeah, that's definitely the same. I mean, on the basketball roster, we have 15 players, which is different than the 100 players they have on the football roster. Yeah, of But course. It's yeah. the exact same deal. Yeah. Yeah. So how how did it went then in uh, NCAA then for you? Not too good, actually. So <laughs> I spent there uh, four and a half months. Um, after that, I was, you know, we were 16 on the roster. Uh, the coach proposed to me to uh, redshirt. Uh, I didn't want to. Uh, you really wanted to play. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to play because I know that I didn't have a lot of time left yeah. in NCA. You know, you have five years to play. I mean, yeah. you can play four years within five years. So I didn't want to do that. I said, okay, then I'd rather go back to, to coaching. Mm -hmm. So he accepted it. He actually asked me if I wanted to be his student assistant. Okay. And I said, well, listen, I can be an assistant coach over there and I can be your student assistant. Yeah. So the choice is made. I mean, I will go back there. Uh, we kept in touch. I mean, he didn't take it bad. Uh, we still had a really good relationship. I sent uh, the year after that, I actually sent him some players, uh, even one uh, French kid. Uh, that I helped coach there for a year. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, uh, I went back to Frankfurt College, and then after after that, I came back to Belgium, and I started to help um, players to and coach to get to the U.S. Uh, for the moment, my the best experience I had uh, by helping a kid is uh, Elliot De Witt. He's actually half Belgian, half French. Okay. Um, he went to Frankfurt for two years and then got some offers to be a video coordinator at Texas Tech. And now he's the video coordinator at Texas Tech. So he's only, I think he's 21 right now. Yeah. So he has a very big role for somebody that he, that age. So I'm very proud of him. 
so about the same story as you you go to america to go play basketball mm-hmm. but you end up in a different role but still are involved with basketball exactly so and it's it's also um uh, connected to your studies there mm-hmm. i guess yeah so which studies did you follow there uh so i started to study history yeah so uh, um I, i didn't have any plan exactly on what to study i just picked something i liked yeah. you know i mean i didn't want something to be like okay i go to class but i don't want to go to class so history <laughs> class were pretty easy especially in the u.s when it, they were talking about East, uh, european history yeah i mean for me it was easy i, I didn't have to study for almost two years <laughs> so so it was okay after that so we can say that exactly the the american uh, college or uh, the american american Education is not at the uh, dep- at level that we're seeing here in Belgium. I mean, it depends. Uh, when, like, as I say, it's for history because I'm, it's a passion for me. So yeah. it was pretty easy for me, especially the first two years when I took only like European history. Yeah, yeah. After that, I had to go into American history. It was a little bit more difficult. Okay. So the f- two first year I was at Frank Phillips, and then I was at Oklahoma Panhandle State, and there I had, you know class there even though i was coaching at frank phillips i had to work there it oh. was a uh, 120 kilometers away from each other okay so i had to drive that every morning you know and then yeah. go back to practice at, f- at three so i had to manage my schedule to be able to go b- to both places yeah, every yeah, day yeah, yeah. and fill my role in in uh at frank phillips so you gradu- graduated from uh, so i graduated i graduated from frank phillips yeah. uh over there i have an associate degree And then from Oklahoma Panhandle State University, I still I think I need 20 more credits to actually have my degree. Oh, okay. But the the good thing over there is that um, in America, credits are they're valid for 25 years, so I still have plenty of time. <laughs> you still can go back and uh, exactly, finish the, uh, or I can do it online. Oh, okay. But it's very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then you came back to Belgium. Yeah. Um, You uh, attended college here, or you just no, started working? No, I, I just started working. Yeah. So I, I found a job um, which I liked. So I, um, yeah. I was okay. I, I was playing maybe on going back to school, but I had my son. Uh, yeah. So it was a little bit difficult to go to school and not be able to provide as much as I would if I, as a, if I was working. Uh, I guess the first thing you also so, uh, try to find here is is a basketball role. Yeah, yeah. I did, and I, I win not say which team to say that but <coughs> i i have some connections uh, in the first and second division in belgium and one of the team asked me hey do you want to coach here be assist- assistant coach of the second team and i was like okay so what would be the salary and i'm like so they told me 700 euros every month okay for coaching yeah. which was i mean coaching every low, d- yeah. yeah i mean a little bit low especially that it was almost a full-time job Yeah, yeah, of you know, course, I mean, yeah. you have to give practice every day, be yeah. there on the weekend. I was like 700 euros and I might not be able to find another job on the side. No, thank you. Mm. So <coughs> I coached a young team okay. in the Namur area. And then after that, uh, I stopped a little bit. I wanted to focus on my actually working career. Okay. But I still helped uh, kids to go to the US. Um, how, how exactly would you help them? So like I ha- I have a lot of connections there yeah. now. You know, every year I went to the NABC convention, which is a, a big convention where the final four happen uh, okay. during the NCAA yeah. tournaments, and you have coaches from all all over the country. So there you just make connections. You know, in the evening you go to the restaurant, you go to the bar, you meet guys, you talk to them, and sometimes you don't know who they are, and then they happen to be a D1 coach, and uh-huh. you're a friend with them, and then they start. I mean, they remember you, so you send them an email, say, hey, I have a good kid. Uh, it might be good for your program. What do you think about him and stuff like that? So, 
it just happened like that. So I started to send emails about guys I had, uh, especially Elliot and, da uh, and David, uh, two kids that were just wanting to coach. Mm -hmm. So it's easier than a player, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. Hey, I have a kid. He wants to do. He wants to coach. So can you can you take him in and he will be just helping and see what he can do for you. Because in America there there are much positions yeah. around to coach exactly. to help. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, on the staff at Frank Phillips College, which was which was a small school, we mm -hmm. had five or six person on the staff. See, yeah. So and that, that's supposed to be a small school. <laughs> so when you, I, I just saw the picture of Elliot at Texas Tech and you have the 15 players and I think you have like 20 or 25 person that are in the staff. You have more staff than you have exactly. players. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, you have four or five trainer, you have two or three video coordinator, you have four, four or five coaches, stuff like that. So you have the But recruiters. It's also know. like a position that you only can attend for as long as you go to college. After that, You're done or not? No, actually no. So as I said, you can be a student assistant uh, and then when you graduate, mm -hmm. you have a degree so you can be either a grad assistant. So that means you go into a master's degree and then after you can become a coach. Okay. Or if, if a team say, okay, we are you, we can get you uh, a job where, I mean, right here. Yeah. I mean, you don't need to, to be in school. You can be in school if you want to at the same time. But most of the time, if you have a, a degree, And you coach. Most of the coaches in uh, smaller schools they give classes at the same time. Okay, nice, nice. Yeah. So you help those guys get over there. Mm -hmm. What about players? Uh, so it's actually a little bit more difficult because most of the Belgium kids uh, don't have videos, and yeah. uh, that's what the. I mean, I say Belgian, but that's it's what they want. Yeah, exactly, yeah. because they cannot travel here. And say, hey, okay, yeah, I have yeah. a good kid. I haven't seen him. I will. Tr I will not travel here just to to see him play. Uh -huh. You know. So uh, I made a, a friend ten uh, years ago in Paris. Uh, his name is Fred Raffray, mm -hmm. and we had the project of you know helping kids go to the U.S. Uh, I wasn't even. I haven't been to the U.S. at the time yet, but I was like, okay, we need to find something to help kids because I know how difficult it is. Yeah. So I just wanted help other people and uh we talked about it for years for years and then we didn't actually had a chance to start anything and then a year and a half ago uh i started a non-profit organization mm -hmm. so isbl uh called the european gladiators basketball mm -hmm. and uh with that we just so we take kids from europe so mm -hmm. um, belgium france for the moment uh and then we we go to the us uh to a camp where you have I mean, uh, nine, like 2017 was 900 coaches that were there to watch the kids play. Uh, so and that yeah. camp consists of players of, uh, from around the world. And no, not only actually, no, no, actually, it's normally it's only players from the US. Oh, okay. So you have uh, first week of camp, you have 500 players. Second week, you have 700 players. 700 players yeah. in one weekend. Yeah, no, in one week. Okay, so yeah. you have one week, 500 players, and then second week, 700. So over two weeks, you have 1,200 Whoa. players. Yeah. And that's actually the, I mean, the most influential camp in the US. Really? Uh, yeah. Like from, uh, so this year in the NBA, there is 129 players that yeah. were there at that camp when they were younger. 129 players yeah. who attended that camp. Yeah. So people like Kobe Bryant, uh, Kyle Lowry, Vince Carter. They all went to the camp. Yeah. When they were younger. That's pretty so decent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's not i mean that those yeah. are big names yeah. you know i mean and when you arrive at the camp you have a wall with all the jersey of the player that actually went there went to and you have i think remember uh tracy mcgrady also i mean you know i mean big stars that went there so it's actually so a very good camp how did did your organization end up there 
What do you say? How did your organization end up there then? Well, actually what I did first, uh, I contacted some uh, D1 coach in the US that I know. Um, actually, it's a former player from the Spirou Charleroi, Mike Jordan. I don't know, he played a year, a few years back. Okay. And I contacted him and I said, hey, where do you go to recruit your kids? And he said, well, every year we go to that camp in Pennsylvania. Uh, you'll see it's a small city, it's called Reading, Pennsylvania. There is literally nothing there. Uh, there is a college, it's a small town, and then you have the biggest camp there from yeah. the U.S. So here's the number of the guy who organizes it, and just get in touch with him. And that's how I did it. Cool. So, and yeah, and this year we went with eight kids over there. Uh, it was actually the first time we did it. So, yeah. you know, a little bit of a slow start, but I didn't want to take 20 either because I didn't know how it was going to happen, you yeah, know. Yeah. So they, they have to be accustomed to the, the level of playing too, exactly. I guess, because... If they can't play basketball, it's yeah. a bit stupid to go. Exactly. Yeah. So we went there and then um, it was awesome for them. I mean, just f most of them never been to the U.S. before. And not actually, no, none of them have played in the U.S. before. Yeah. So when they arrived there, it was so different, you know. Uh, seeing like we had, if I remember, like 12, 14 courts available 24-7. So they could in go. One venue. Yeah. It's actually not the biggest we've been to. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. So we played there uh, every from uh, Tuesday to Friday. Mm -hmm. We have the camp, and then on the weekend we go play t some tournaments. And we went to Atlantic City in New Jersey. There you had 30 courts uh, <laughs> where you could play. And then next week after that we did again the second week of uh, of camp. And then we went to Lancaster uh, to a place called Spooky Nook. Uh, <laughs> if you look it up, yeah, if you look it up online, <laughs> it's the biggest uh, arena in the whole United States. So you have 36. Basketball, 36 yeah. basketball courts. Yeah. Full size. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. So 36. And then you have, I think they also have two uh, American football fields. They have lacrosse fields. They have everything there. And it's in the middle of nowhere. I don't yeah. even know how they can make money out of it, <laughs> but it's in the middle of nowhere. And you had, I think, something like 400 teams that went to play the, the tournament. So how, how are these teams formed then? Uh, it's the actually, it's AAU teams. So yeah. the AAU is just, uh, some coach or some brands or some uh, neighborhoods just that put together something exactly and play exactly yeah. so first the game we played uh, we won it actually so I was really surprised because we were, we played eight games and I was like okay I, I just hope we're gonna win one at least so the so kids can say we so win. you coached your eight players yeah and that's it yeah yeah so I just told them okay it's gonna be difficult yeah. because you have some very very good course, teams here yeah. very good players. And first game they won. I was like, okay, good. <laughs> it might be actually yeah. a good tournament. Second, we lost. And third, we lost too. And then actually we lost every game until the last one. And the last one is the, the only one that's actually was recorded uh, the full game. All right. And we won on the buzzer beater at 1.6 seconds before the end. <laughs> that's so on tape. Yeah. So we can, we can put that on, online. E then. Exactly. <laughs> it's actually online on my okay. Facebook page. So, yeah. yeah. And we played the, the second before last game. Uh, we played uh, against um, a team that was made up of probably future NBA players. Really? Yeah. One of the kids, uh, name was uh, John Bull Ajak. Uh, he's from Sudan. Uh, okay. But he's like, I think he's 2 meter 13 and 2 meter 14. He's 16. Already. Yeah, he's 16 or 17 years old. Yeah. And I had the chance to actually coach him during the week at uh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. the Hoop Group Camp. And when I saw that we were playing against him, I just told my kids, hey, this guy is going to be in the NBA right one day. So what I want you to do is just don't let him score. <laughs> and my tallest kid was probably 1 meter 90. 
Okay. So I, I'd say I don't want him to score. I don't care if we lose by 40. I don't want yeah. him to score. So one day you can say he played against us, but he didn't score. Yeah. And that's actually what happened. So they he didn't score. Yeah, he didn't score at all. Okay. So at the end of the at the end of the the game, he just went to talk to me, and say, "Hey, you locked me up. I don't know how you did it, but you locked <laughs> me up." So yeah, that was. I mean, it was a good. I have some picture of my kids and with him, and they just like their head is below his elbow. Yeah. It's very funny. But yeah, it was good, a good experience. Good memories. Yeah, if exactly. you ever got to the NBA, that's something you can exactly. tell your grandchildren. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right now, I checked online and he had offers from Duke, from North Carolina, yeah, from yeah. Villanova, Georgetown, George Washington. I mean, it's big universities and he's very, very good. So is that also a goal for, for the players from your organization to, to be noticed by NCAA yes. coaches or, or even JUCO coaches? Yes, or, it is. Yeah. Um, actually, this year I had, uh, out of the eight kids, um, I had two that really wanted to, to do that. Yeah. Uh, the other ones, they just wanted to experience United States yeah, to see yeah. how it is. You know, we talk about it a lot, but experiencing it it's That's a lot different a whole other story yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, right now i have uh two kids i am trying to to get there and mm -hmm. uh, actually the two belgian ones okay so they are they had some offers already and we're working on that so they're going to take offers from juco or uh from, uh, from uh, naia d2 and d3 okay so right now um i don't think they're good enough for d1 uh because it's uh, i mean yeah. We don't have 20 Manila coins in Belgium, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, so. Pretty, yeah. I think that that's a good uh, uh, remark there because I think a lot of players from Belgium really see what Lecount is doing, mm -hmm. um, like Andy van Vliet or Akia Zili yeah. also went to uh, Division One. Yeah. But it's not that easy. No, it's not easy at all. Even if you have the connection, even if you're good. Yeah. It's not that easy. And even if you're going and you attend NCAA Division One, if you come back, it doesn't mean automatically you're going to be a professional player. Exactly. Because I just saw a quote today from um, uh, Patrick Ewing um, that only 2% of athlete students are going pro ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I so know. So 2% of it's all really students. So It's really low. And even most of, like, I mean... I know some players that are playing in Europe right now from yeah. the US. They play probably D1 and D2. And most of the guys from D1, they think, okay, well, I play in the US in Division 1. It's either the NBA or playing pro overseas. And then yeah. they end up in Europe and nobody wants them because it's the same way around. You know, when you try to go to the US, uh -huh. what they want is the videos. When you want to go to, to Europe, well, it's the same. They want the videos yeah, and yeah. they say, well, it's not the same kind of game. It's not different. It's different. True. So it's the same for them now when they come to Europe. And I remember I had a, uh, a friend. Um, his name is... Uh, I mean, his father used to play for the Houston Rockets uh, with Akim Olajuwon and everything. Okay, okay. His last name is Michaud. Uh, if you look it up, uh, his father was at the time over <laughs> there. And uh, it's funny because he was persuaded that he was going to have big time salary and then uh -huh. he ended up in Germany in fourth division, <laughs> you know, coming from that's a D1 school. Yeah. So... That's a you reality know, check there. Exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, when you see some some players that go play in Spain in fourth or fifth division mm -hmm. and they have, what, 500 euros a month, with That's they have to live crazy. in an apartment with yeah. five or six other yeah. players. I mean, so they ha have to start somewhere. but You, you have, have to be lucky too, I guess. You exactly. have to be noticed. You have to mm -hmm. have the right credentials or, or the connections, exactly. at least, mm -hmm. to get somewhere in Europe. Uh, but um, so like your players... 
what what would be your advice if they tell to you I want to come with you to the camp because yeah I'm going to get noticed by the NCAA I'm going to go play uh, uh, I'm going to go to the uh, NBA mm -hmm. and stuff like that what's your advice what do you tell to those guys what I always tell them is focus on what you can do yeah. and don't try to impress them Because if you try to impress them, you might fail yeah, at doing yeah. something that you cannot do anyway. Mm -hmm. But if you do something uh, that you used to do every day and you do it perfectly, they're going to notice you. Mm -hmm. Because that's what I had with, uh, for example, for, with David. I told his, best, uh, his best skill was playing defense and taking charges. And I told him, but just try to take as many charges as you can. And yeah. I think it, one of the game, he had seven or eight charges. <laughs> and I was like, okay, just keep doing it. I know in Belgium, it doesn't work because most of the referee doesn't basically don't <laughs> they know don't the exact... They don't see it. Or they don't see it. Yeah. But I'm like, in the US, they all know that. Just just do it. And he was doing it. Every time he looked at me with a big smile, he said, you see, I did it. Yeah, and yeah. and some coaches just saw that. And, you know, just just focus on what you can do. Don't try to, to do something stupid that might look good once if you make it but might make you look like a fool if you don't make it. Yeah. So that's why I try to tell them. And maybe they, they can see also that uh, it's not that easy to get in mm -hmm. to something like that uh, in America. And maybe they'll also see that actually if we come back to Belgium, they're more like ground leveled mm -hmm. uh, about basketball and not too arrogant about, yeah, I went to America and yeah. we can go anywhere. Exactly. Because we're good here, but But that doesn't mean too much, of course. Exactly. Yeah. And also, what uh, I think what changed the most to those kids, because you cannot change a player in two weeks. No. I mean, two and a half weeks. Uh, but what changed mostly to them is their mentality. Yeah. You know, they saw that those kids, they give everything, everything. every all the time. Mm. You know, there is not like, okay, the morning practice, I'll give 100%. Maybe in the afternoon, I give 80%. Yeah. Maybe in the evening, I'm going to give 60%. No, it's 100, 100% the whole time. Every time. So, and I think it changed. Like, I can see that from the first game we play till the last one. Like, first game, we played good. We won. Mm -hmm. But it, I think it was more because of the, you know, the adrenaline yeah. that was there. You know, first game in the US, <laughs> let's play good. And then after that, You know, it went down a little bit and we lost, we lost. And then after, the, I told them, I don't want to leave on a, you know, six straight loose. So they, they, did, they did everything they could and their mentality changed a lot. That's what was the main, uh, main change in what they had. So are these players going back with you to America next um, year? Or? It depends on their age, actually. So actually all the kids I took this year, except for one, would be able to go back. Okay. Uh, if they want to. But as I say, for two of them, it is really the goal to go to the US. So those two might go back yeah. if, if needed. Uh, the others, it was just the experience. Yeah, just, yeah. They loved it. Uh, one of the kids actually, he said, well, he was probably, I mean, he played in France and the highest level he played is Departemental. So it's probably like Provincial here okay, in Belgium. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he got offers from universities in D3. Really? Yeah. So he said, I mean, he, he answered to the, the emails of the coach, say thank you, but I was just here to, to see how it was. Yeah, I just yeah. want to enjoy the time in the U.S. because he, I mean, he's going to be a, studying to be a doctor in France, so it's not definitely not <laughs> his uh, goal to go play in the U.S. But as I said, I mean, you can be at a low level if you give everything and if you, you put the focus on what uh -huh. you can do and if you work hard, you, can, you might have some offers. I mean, not big time. You, wa you will not get offers from North Carolina to no, Texas Tech. Yeah. But you might have some school that would be interested in somebody who would just work hard and he's there to, to do everything they can for the team.
And it's also cool that uh, a lot of the coaches there at the camp are also ex NBA players. Yeah. So we yeah. had the chance to to meet uh, Chris Mellon. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, uh, one of my kid was playing a game, and uh, I just walked into the gym. I was just looking at the game, and then I turned right head around. I just see Chris Mellon watching his game. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. So most of the kids, I mean, you know, they're 18. Some of them are the, uh, were 16. They don't know who it is. Yeah. And then you tell them, well, it was a guy from Dream Team 92. And we st we talked to him. And what's good about that is that, you know, let's say Chris Mullen comes to Paris to come to Brussels. And everybody's going to try to take a picture with him and yeah. talk to him just because he's a big star. Over there, he's, just, he's doing his job. You know, he's recruiting. He's one of the coaches. Exactly. Yeah. So nobody was around him. I mean, of course, you had people around him. But like his friends or people were talking to uh -huh. him about recruiting. And then I just walk up to him and I say, hey, just, you know, introduce myself, started talking. We actually have uh, two friends in common. So I just start oh, cool, yeah. started to talk about them, you know, to, to break the ice. Yeah, yeah. And then I say, hey, do you mind if we take a picture with you and with the kids? I was like, yeah, of course. And he started to talk to the kids and stuff like that. It was really nice. So, and same, same with Jay Wright. I don't know if you know who that is. Uh, he's the head coach of Villanova. Okay. Uh, he actually won the NCAA championship this year and was there watching... Uh, one of the uh, the game of one of my kids too, and then uh, one of my players just uh, started to talk to me and say, "Hey, who's that guy?" And I was like, "He's the head coach of Villanova." I say, "Okay, I'm going to talk to him." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay." Then just he Go just ahead, went to yeah. talk to him and he say, "Where are you from?" He said, "We're from Belgium." Yeah. And he say, "Oh, so you do you know do you know Brian Lynch?" <laughs> and I'm like, uh, "Yeah, well, he's a Villanova guy. Do you know that?" And we started to talk. He's actually very nice. We talked probably for 10, 15 minutes. Say, "Hey, you know what? Next year, just send me an email and you can come to Villanova and check up the facility and." practice there for a day so i'm like okay <laughs> so they're pretty open about it then yeah America. yeah they're really yeah. i mean they're yeah. as i say to to my assistant coach who was there with me uh they might be superstars but at the end of the day they do the same job as yeah. you do of so course. they need you but you need them also and you know we can talk and you actually the people who are bringing kids to them uh -huh. so they might need you someday so yeah. just don't if you approach them and say oh i'm a very big fan of what you do <laughs> and stuff like that they're gonna look at you and be like okay it's just One another fan yeah, yeah but if you talk to them like about what you do and what they do in the same way about the passion of basketball exactly yeah. then yeah. they see you in a different way yeah so and that's actually how it got me to talk to coaches at the nabc convention as i was saying like you know uh once i was sitting uh, next to jay laraniaga who was the the coach at uh, Miami University at the time. Okay. Well, I didn't know who he was, so I just talked to him. <laughs> and then after it happened to be Jay Laraniaga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I mean... You started I talking about basketball, and afterwards exactly. you say, oh, I'm the coach from... Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't keep in touch with him, but it's just an example of saying, yeah, like, yeah. you know, and I, another day I had... Uh, John Thompson, I don't know if you know, uh, he's the, he used to be the head coach at George Washington, um, yeah, Georgetown University, mm -hmm. and he's a big time, you know, uh, NCAA uh, coach, and I talked to him too, and I didn't know who he was, because at the time I was 18, 19, I, I didn't care who he was, you know, and that's how you actually get to talk to people, yeah. so it's very good, very nice, and the kid also had the chance to meet uh, George Muresan. <laughs> um so actually that would be a, a, an experience yeah, yeah actually I, I met him uh 10 years ago when i was in romania because uh he was at the he was playing at for cluj napoca when he, uh, okay. uh, back in the days yeah, yeah. and uh he was giving some advice to the the big men there so he stayed with us for a week or two and then when i when i see him i was like hey george he's actually speaking french so i say hey george and my pillar's like do you know him <laughs> it's like yeah so come on and we just you know took a picture he was actually uh coaching there Oh. So I was at a tournament with uh, um, uh, some kids from Washington, D.C. 
that he brought every year to to tournaments. So and the kids were like, "Oh my God, two majors, thirty-one!" I mean, that's that's huge. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, I saw him playing against Ostende for uh, a European game. Uh, it's many many years ago in Ghent, mm-hmm. and back then it was already a big f- uh, phenomenon. Yeah, like his height. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. How how he was able to play basketball with that I know. body it's yeah I know and when I when I saw him I mean what I did I showed the kid who he was online you know he, I showed him videos and yeah. I actually never looked it up before and <laughs> he, he was actually good you know I mean yeah. when you remember guys like Sean Bradley in the NBA was tall but that's it yeah. no he was actually the the most improved player in 96 or 97 mm-hmm. something like that so he was actually a good basketball player he was not just a big body there so yeah. he's a good shooter too Okay, and then um, what's your future now for for the coming months or years in basketball in Belgium? So, or well, in Belgium right now, I'm coaching uh, under 18 teams uh, okay. in Wavre. Um But in the future, I would like to go. I mean, in the far future, okay. I will wait until my son gets a little bit older. But I would like to go back to the US to coach. Um, right now, I'm just trying to recruit kids for my camp for next year. Yeah, uh, we're trying to do a girls' camp too. Because okay. I had a lot of uh, girls contacting us and say, "Hey, we would like to do that too." Yeah, I'm of like, course. Okay, it's a little bit more difficult because I have a lot of connection in men's basketball, but yeah. I don't in women's yeah, basketball. Yeah. So I will have to try to start that. But um, yeah, we're starting to recruit kids. We have uh, five registered already for next camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna take probably 20 or 25 maximum. Now that I know how it is over there, and we just try to do that every year, and maybe more than once a year. We'll see. We don't know yet, but definitely keep going to to the u.s with belgian and french and our european because i even have a kid from norway norway that contacted really? me another one from israel <laughs> so yeah we'll keep doing cool. it yeah yeah well it's pretty amazing that you do this because it's always important to help kids mm-hmm. to follow their dreams of course exactly um, whatever those dreams are and we are also s- an organization like this is basketball always like the past few years we tried to promote basketball mm-hmm. here in belgium And we also try to promote the players itself. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something we're going to keep doing. So it's good that that we can talk to you and your Mm -hmm. organization. Um, And well, let's just keep in touch. No problem. We'll see where it goes then. Adrian, thank you for uh, having us. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you later. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.